What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about actor Michael Fassbender in the Hulu television series High Fidelity, starring Zoe Kravitz. But first, let's talk about actor Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender is one of my favorite working actors today, and I think if you're looking for a commonality in the work of Michael Fassbender, it's that he's mostly playing characters that have a lot of rage, and Fassbender himself is the best actor when it comes to playing angry and being outraged. He is brilliant when it comes to playing these angry characters. When I first saw Fassbender, the first movie I saw him in was X-Men First Class, where he was playing Magneto. And I thought of Magneto as Ian McClellan, who kind of played him off as cool, not calm, but he wasn't angry. Fassbender had this rage to it like I had never seen from an actor before. I think for the most part, part, Fassbender plays these passionate characters who are fueled by rage to become successful. In Jane Eyre, he is fueled by his passion for Jane Eyre. He's an angry character in that. 12 Years a Slave, he's an angry slave owner. The the movie Frank, he's an angry pop star. Even a silly movie like Frank, which by the way is his most underrated work. Slow West, he plays a bounty hunter with a lot of rage. And even in Steve Jobs, where he is playing one of the most successful Successful people of all time. He always, that performance is fueled by rage because a lot of that movie has to deal with the fact that Steve Jobs was adopted and didn't meet his real father. And when he finally does meet his real father, he won't introduce himself to him. Most of the movies Michael Fassbender is in, he plays these characters who are alone, passionate, and are driven by rage and they ultimately become successful. But what I think I like most about his work is that it doesn't overlook the fact that the characters are driven by rage. I mean, you can look at the movie Steve Jobs and think of wow, rage really brought him to success, but maybe it didn't make him the best person, and I think that movie explores that. By the end of the movie, Steve Jobs has less rage and can finally have a meaningful relationship with his dog. I think if I were going to compare Fassbender to any actor who's also working today, it would be Tom Hardy. Like, I think most of their characters that they play are angry outcasts who don't like the company of others. I think that's a commonality in both of their work. Not that I think that their styles are all that similar. I just feel like they're both so themselves when they're on screen and they both do so many unique things and no one plays angry and out outraged like Tom Hardy and Michael Fassbender. That's why I think there's a weird connection between the two, for me anyway. I mean, Fassbender and Hardy both always seem to play emotionally distant characters. Take 12 Years of Slaves, for example. Mike Fassbender is a monster in that movie, but he has a weird connection with the Lupita Nyong'o character that he just won't admit to his wife in that movie. He has an emotional attachment to that character that he owns, that person that he owns. He won't admit that there's something there that's real in that relationship. No matter how messed up that relationship is, he will not admit to himself that it is he has one with her. In the movie Slow West, the entire movie is about how he's trying to hunt down Cody Schmidt McPhee's character's Jay's girlfriend. But Michael Fassbender in that movie is playing a bounty hunter and he starts to have a friendship with Jay. But he's not vocal towards that friendship at all. He's really helped 
helping him out without wanting to take credit for helping him out. Other than the 12 years of slave character, the only other 100% vicious character Michael Fassbender has played was in the Terrence Malick movie Song to Song where he plays like a manager of a record label and he is terrible to the Rooney Mara character and he's trying to steal her away from the Ryan Gosling character. I mean, that is an underrated movie that not enough people have seen. I really enjoyed Song to Song. It's a weird, weird, weird movie, but the performance of Fastbender, he's not in it that much, but when he is on screen, you're like, wow, this is something completely different. And that's what I also like about Michael Fastbender. He is not bound to one genre. He is in a ton of movies with a ton of different genres. He is in small movies, big movies like Prometheus, X-Men, smaller movies like Jane Eyre and Frank. Frank is the one comedy Michael Fassbender has been. It's with Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason's character joins a band. This is one of another really bizarre movie, but I love Frank so much. And you never see Fassbender's face, but it is one of the best performances he's ever given. He can be in a Western movie like the one I talked about, Slow West. He can be in a drama, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is his absolute best movie. Steve Jobs, if you haven't seen Steve Jobs, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, go check out Steve Jobs. There are free acts. It is free openings of the next Apple product. And man, the scenes with Jeff Daniels, Kate Winslet, and Seth Rogen are out of this world. It is Michael Fassbender's best performance today, and I think it will be impossible for him to beat this performance. The second act of Steve Jobs is maybe my favorite moment in a movie this past decade when you start to realize that he's planning to take over Apple because even a guy as smart as Steve Jobs is willing to do something out of revenge. I just think it's one of the most like it's shocking moments like I didn't even know how he became the CEO of Apple again and to see that movie and to see how that transpired it was just like out of this world moment and again he's fueled by rage to take revenge of the company that he helped build and he comes back to save them but he's basically doing it out of revenge I mean this idea that through most of the movie he comes off as a robotic genius type but in that moment that is the most human moment you get with Steve Jobs in my mind when you see him take back what he feels like is rightfully his and he's divide this plan and he's willing to do whatever it takes to take back what belongs to him that is the most human moment in that movie Yes, he has a daughter. Their relationship in that is brilliant. But that's the best moment in that movie is act two of the Steve Jobs movie. I think they should have done that entire act as the movie. As good as the other two acts are, that moment for me was like bonkers. That this guy was so all in on taking back what was rightfully his. That this guy who's a genius in his own right devised a plan to take back his company out of revenge. I mean, that's the most spectacular moment in that movie is when he tells Kate Winslet's character his plan to take back Apple. Again, check out Steve Jobs. It is the movie you have to see if you claim you are a fan of Michael Fassbender as an actor. 
same way Jesse Eisenberg's best performances in the Aaron Sorkin written social network playing Mark Zuckerberg, I think of Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs written by Aaron Sorkin. These two actors played two of, I'll say it, two of the best, most genius people in my time. Again, they're complicated people. They're not always great, but you can't deny that they are genius in some way and they are complicated characters. And again, it's Michael Fassbender's best performance like Jesse Eisenberg in The Social Network, I don't think he can top that performance. I'm rooting for it. I hope there's way more great Michael Fassbender performances, but man, that Steve Jobs movie, so underrated. That's why he should have, I think he should have won the Academy Award that year. So think, like his X-Men co-star Jennifer Lawrence, Michael Fassbender just burst onto the scene out of nowhere. Look at the movies. X-Men First Class, Jane Eyre, 12 Years a Slave, X-Men Days of Future, Future Pass, Frank, Slow West, Steve Jobs, Song to Song, Prometheus, Alien Covenant. He's just burst on the scene, and these last few years, he hasn't made a really good to great movie, but I do think there will be a time where we will be reminded how good an actor Michael Fassbender really is. He, again, like Jennifer Lawrence, he burst on the scene. Now he's had a few down years. I think he's going to come back with some big movies. He's going to star in a Taika Waititi soccer movie, so look forward to that. That, I think Michael Fassbender is one of the best actors of our time. I think his performance as Magneto in X-Men First Class is the third best performance I've seen in a comic book movie. It goes up there with Heath Ledger, Michael B. Jordan, and Michael Fassbender. Those are the three names. Ledger as Joker, Jordan as Killmonger, and Michael Fassbender as Magneto. That's the highest compliment I can make to Michael Fassbender. Again, check out these movies to see the work of Michael Fassbender. X-Men First Class, Jane Eyre, 12 Years of Slaves, X-Men Days of Future Past, Frank, Slow West, Steve Jobs, Song to Song. I guarantee you'll enjoy them, and if you don't, you'll at least recognize Michael Fassbender's one of the best actors. Now let's switch gears and talk about High Fidelity starring Zoe Kravitz. This is the second adaptation. This is a television series. The other one was a movie of the Nick Hornby book. Here's a quick synopsis of High Fidelity. Rob is a music-loving record store owner who is looking back at her past relationships to see what went wrong. I'll start out with this. High Fidelity is the first great television show of 2020, and the reason for that is... Zoe Kravitz finally becoming a superstar that we all perceived her to be. I mean, she explodes in this movie. She is a star, and this is the best role she's ever had. She's charming, charismatic, and the performance feels so authentic. You believe Zoe Kravitz has gone through these breakups. I mean, I've seen Zoe Kravitz in movies like X-Men First Class and Mad Max Fury Road. I had never seen the funny version of Zoe Kravitz, and I've got to say, That's all I want from her right now. And don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to her portrayal of Catwoman in the upcoming Batman movie, but man, I want more of her playing Rob. I think the best way to describe her character in this is somebody who overthinks everything about their life. She won't simplify anything. She overthinks it. The moment she's engaged to her boyfriend, Mac, she runs away. I mean, that just feels like a real moment. You can see how she's over already overthinking their entire 
entire relationship together. I also have to think that being the child of Lenny Kravitz must help Zoe Kravitz in this because in the show she has to love music and I 100% think that Zoe Kravitz loves music based on what I've seen in this show and I know that sounds crazy she's playing a character but I don't think you can fake that love of music like that in a TV show like that. I mean at next year's Emmys if Zoe Kravitz is not getting nomination in the comedy category the Emmys need to be canceled. That's how good she is in this show. So I want to state I am a big fan of Jake Lacey who is great in this show and he is great in everything he's in. I've seen him in The Office. I saw him in the movie Carol with Rooney Mara. This guy is so good at playing those kind of characters. Nice boyfriend type. He does it in The Office perfectly. He does it in Carol and he's doing it in this. And the best thing I can say about it is he's playing these nice boyfriend types in a way that makes him also interesting. He's not being boring. He's not being dull like some of these characters can come off as. He's playing it perfectly well and you can tell he has chemistry with Zoe Kravitz just like he had chemistry with Rooney Mara in Carol. You can tell he's a charismatic dude who has chemistry. He's not boring. He's not dull and I want more of his character Clyde in season two. Then you have actor David Holmes who plays Simon one of Rob's exes who turns out to be gay. He is brilliant in the episode dedicated to him. He is fantastic when he says Rob isn't the only one with relationship troubles. There's also a sincere moment when Rob asks Simon why our relationship didn't work out. And he tells her, what are you talking about? We are still friends. We are still in an ongoing relationship. I thought that was a powerful moment because Rob is thinking this in, in the viewpoint of if we're not married, if we're not still together dating, then our relationship is a failure and he is saying we have a meaningful friendship that should be enough. I thought that was a powerful moment for what can sometimes be a silly comedy. I thought that was his best moment in season one for his character. Then you have Devine Joy Randolph who plays Sharice. She works at the record store owned by Rob. She's lazy but I also think her character is relatable. She has a dream to be a musician. She is afraid to pursue that dream due to lack of confidence. The final moment of the season is a powerful moment between Sharice and Rob as Rob is helping her to pursue her dream of finally becoming a musician. I thought it was a great way to end the show. I think one of the major things I liked about High Fidelity was it kind of tests what you view as a redeemable character. There is a moment where Zoe Kravitz's character Rob does something horrific to Mac, her ex. She does something that basically makes it her fault that they didn't end up together because throughout the first season you think that the relationship just worn out but but as the season starts to end you realize it's her fault for the relationship not working out and she's the reason why they ended up not getting married and if that part doesn't work out you're like I no longer like Rob but because of Zoe Kravitz's performance you still root for the character of Rob and I'm not sure if that's a good thing I'm not sure if that's 
that's a bad thing, but I think it shows how good the show is. They have developed this character enough for her to go through something and do something terrible and for you to still root for that character because she feels human. If she just felt like a silly television character and they do something terrible, you're like, wow, I really hate this person. But throughout season one, you saw the good, the bad, the flaws of Rob. Rob feels like a real person, not just a television character. Like, I think most comedies, there can be great comp comedic characters, but they don't feel real. Like, does Michael from The Office feel like a real person? Probably not. But I think I could meet somebody like Rob in the real world, because most people are like Rob. There's some good, there's some bad, there's some real flaws, but there's some genuinely really good moments to go along with that. They are human. There are moments in this show where she is using her friends. There's that one episode where she uses Clyde to get a ride. I mean, that felt like a real moment you see in real life. Doesn't make her a good person. It doesn't make her a bad person. It just makes her feel like a fully authentic realized television character that again feels real. Also think Rob's relationship with her brother throughout the show throughout season one was also pretty honest about what a sibling relationship was like. She tells her brother that he can't be friends with Mac and then later on he finds out that it's her fault their relationship didn't work out and he gets visibly upset with her but he's not going to give up on her because they are siblings i think what i like most about this show is that when people were mad at rob they did not forgive her right away her brother did not forgive her instantly when she told him the truth about why their her relationship with mac ended mac did not forgive her instantly when he found out why she broke up with him. And Clyde, at the end of season one, did not right away forgive her. So many times in these type of shows, they try to fix every relationship, tie a bow to it, end the episode, everything's forgiven, we're not going to look back at this at all, we're going to go to the next silly episode where she hangs out with her friends and everything is cool again. The way they ended season one on kind of a cliffhanger was brilliant. You don't know if she's going to end up with Mac. You don't know if Clyde will ever forgive her. Not everything about Rob's life has been fixed at the end of season one. There are still ways to go in season two to make High Fidelity again feel like a truthful show because truthfully, you don't end arguments in one sitting and everything's okay. It can be weeks, months, years before your arguments are settled with people. I think at the end of the season, you realize Rob is not always honest. She isn't always nice. She is a complicated, drawn-out, flawed character who you root for. Again, that goes back to the Zoe Kravitz performance because I think there is a way of playing this character and not liking her at all. But the way that Zoe Kravitz plays her as charismatic, charming, cares about the record store that she works at like she cares about work, I just think she's a character you're rooting for. I also love when a character of a TV show breaks the fourth wall. 
like Ted from How I Met Your Mother. It just works so well in high fidelity. I also love the New York City of it all. The fact that in 2020, she's working at a record store in two in New York City just feels so awesome. It's so cool. It's just the best show of 2020 so far. It is the first great show of 2020. It just is. There's an arc to the show, but you can also have episodes within the arc that feel like it's just them. Like, again, the Simon episode felt like a, a, a moment, a break from the main arc. Like, there are ways for comedies to still have those one-off silly episodes that can still be part of a major arc. I want most of my comedies moving forward to be like High Fidelity. Have an arc, follow the arc of a character like Rob, but also have these like silly one-off episodes that also help your arc moving forward. I think why the sitcom model doesn't work anymore is because I, I, lo I love Friends. I do. But I enjoy a story to go along with it. And High Fidelity is the story of Rob. And I think it's a story worth watching. It's Again, you can have those silly moments. You can have a character in Rob who is fun, who you want to see be in like a hundred episodes. But there's story. There's development of the character. She's not going to stay the same in every single episode. There are episodes where Rob is funny. There's episodes where she's dramatic. Zoe Kravitz is doing it all. I highly recommend you check out High Fidelity. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on actor Michael Fassbender in the comedy series High Fidelity starring Zoe Kravitz. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on actress Saoirse Ronan and the Apple Plus TV series Dickinson starring Haley Steinfeld. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 